Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to Football Full Circle right here on the Sports Grid Television and Radio Network. Joe Lisi and Ritz Sermonello kicking around college football for the next couple hours. Last week, we discussed the SEC and Big Ten. Today, going to turn our attention to the ACC and Big 12. We had news last week, Rich, about UCLA and USC jumping from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. This week, we get news that potentially North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are all trying to negotiate with the SEC. And by the way, ESPN is also trying to void their ACC network deal. Which would be huge, Joe, and uh, top of the morning to you. Good to talk about college football over the next couple of hours. But yeah, that would be huge because right now the big impediment for the ACC is that media rights deal that runs through 2035. And, and obviously ESPN has a heavy hand in that. They can dictate what happens with those ACC schools. And now everybody is scrambling because we have two or what's going to be two power conferences, two massive conferences, one led by the Big Ten, one obviously led by the SEC. And now if you can get to the SEC and you're one of those ACC schools, it obviously behooves you to do that. It's going to be a case of haves and have-nots. Uh, we also see some machinations when it comes to the Big 12 as they're courting teams that are now uh, in the Pac-12 outside of USC and UCLA. So a lot of jockeying when the dust finally settles. I think you're going to have those two massive 16, 20, 20 plus conferences led by the Big 10 and the SEC and others. And listen, they're going to be quality conferences too, Joe. Big 12 plus you know, the Arizonas, Arizona States, potentially Oregon and Washington. So at the end of the day, it's going to look different, but it's still going to be great football. It's still going to have fan bases and rivalries and tradition. It's just going to look a heck of a lot different in a couple of years. Absolutely. And I think when you look at this report that came out from Braden's uh, Keith at the, in the middle of the week, what's interesting is, is that there's no NC State, there's no Miami mentioned in terms of this deal, and it looks more like a, a basketball deal, right? We see the SEC getting better and more competitive in terms of college basketball teams like Alabama and LSU making a run, and obviously Kentucky as well in terms of March Madness. Now you see North Carolina getting to the championship game. You see Florida State uh, a better basketball school than a football school over maybe the last four or five years. And obviously Virginia winning a national championship back in 2019 to not have the likes of, let's say, the U and maybe potentially the second best team in the ACC in terms of NC State. That's got to hurt just a little bit in terms of those schools and what can they do from a competitive standpoint to maybe make sure that they're on or, or attached to a specific conference in 2024 or beyond. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe, especially Miami at a time when Miami's starting to ascend again. At least uh, it, it seems to be under Mario Cristobal from a football perspective. They've had success in recent years on the hardwood as well, speaking of Miami. 
And then what happens to those other schools? You know, I, I, I know they're going to be looking for homes, the, the Pittsburghs, the Boston Colleges, the Syracuses, great universities, great sports traditions, both in uh, football and basketball and other sports. So it, it's a strange time in college athletics right now. You've got a lot of quality programs, quality athletic programs. Uh, what happens to Stanford and Cal as we welcome in our radio audience? So there's there's a lot of schools right now that are trying to work their way in. Do they get into the two major conferences or is there an offshoot, kind of like a tier B of conferences, particularly for those schools uh, that we deal with a lot in the Northeast, the Pitts, the Syracuse, the BCs, where do they wind up in 2024? And, and I think when you look at, obviously, the Big Ten right now, they're waiting on Notre Dame. They told Oregon and Washington this week that they're being put on hold right now. No decision is going to be made until they find out from Notre Dame. Does Notre Dame take all off season in terms of leading up to week one to make a decision, or do they make a decision maybe as the season progresses to see how Marcus Freeman and, and the Irish do, especially in that week one matchup against Ohio State. I think really right now Notre Dame does hold the cards in, in, in per se in what they can actually leverage. Uh, they do have the television network to NBC. I think actually it would be a better fit for Notre Dame, even though they have those rivalries with USC, with Michigan, with Penn State, that if we're looking big picture for Notre Dame, it's not maybe to attach themselves to the Big Ten, but potentially the SEC because of, you know, where they want to be, right? Brian Kelly got them to the college football playoff. They couldn't win a national championship. If they can compete with the big boys in terms of the SEC, they have an opportunity to maybe win a national championship over the next four or five seasons. Yeah, but I, I think, I, I mean, there's been no common sense in college football of late, but I, I would love to see ND remain in that sort of Midwest hub because of the rivalries you talked about, even going as far out as uh, USC and that longtime rivalry that they've had. I'd prefer to see, you know, ND in the Big Ten. And I think the way the Big Ten is going to be structured with the additions of USC and UCLA. And if they get Notre Dame, I think they're in as good a position to compete for national championships as those teams currently in the SEC. We're just getting started. College football loves making noise in the offseason. We're less than 50 days away from that week one matchup, August 27th in Dublin between Northwestern and Nebraska. When we come back, we'll break down the ACC conference odds. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello right here on The Grid. Keep it where it is. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back 
back on Football Full Circle. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello talking all things college football. We left off in terms of expansion for 2023. About a month ago, the ACC released their new format for next season. They're going to do away with the conferences and divisions. They're going to have the top two teams square off in terms of a championship type of game, just the way the Big 12 does it and has done it over the past four or five seasons Rich, we have the graphic, and each team will have three rivalry games. And what's intriguing about this graph right now is that you look at a team like Clemson that has rivalry games against Florida State, Georgia Tech, and NC State. We mentioned that NC State potentially is the second-best team in the conference. But a majority of these other schools are looking like the old Big East, right? Uh, Schools like Boston College, teams like Pittsburgh, like you mentioned, and Syracuse. Those rivalries or those games that they have on the schedule for next season resemble about what we saw in the early part of the 1990s with the Big East taking front and center stage. Yeah, and I like the way this is set up. Uh, We talked about it in the break, Joe. We have no idea what the conference is going to look like perhaps a year from now, certainly two years from now with with realignment taking place. And we talked about the SEC potentially poaching some of these ACC schools. But bigger picture uh, and and the Pac-12 doing the same thing uh, uh, moving forward is no divisions when it comes to deciding a a conference championship and I think it's a great idea I think that's also common sense in college football which is I would prefer to see the top two teams square off whether it's the Big Ten the Big Ten East has dominated the the West throughout the years if the top two teams are in the East I would prefer to see them go head-to-head for a conference title Uh, I I would prefer to see that in the SEC quite frankly where the West has dominated the, the East for more than a decade right now so I like the way this schedule sets up. I like the fact that we maintain the rivalries, the geographic rivalries, the historical rivalries. Uh, You have a rotating schedule, so we'll see some unique matchups every couple of years. But, you know, again, hold that thought for now because uh, we're not exactly sure what the ACC is going to be comprised of uh, in a year, let alone two years from now. Yeah, about eight to ten teams might have to latch on to the American Athletic Conference or another conference just to survive like the Pac-12. So we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of months. But let's take a look at the conference odds. When you look at this division and conference as a whole right now has been dominated over the last eight to ten years by the Clemson Tigers. An amazing statistic, Rich, when you just look at Clemson. They are the front runners right now. To win the ACC on FanDuel, they're minus 140. They were a 10 to 1 shot at the start of the offseason to win a national championship. They've gotten bet down now to 8 to 1 with Dabo Sweeney and the crew. 10 and 3 overall, got a bowl win over Iowa State last year, 20 to 13. But when you look at Clemson as a whole against ACC opponents straight up, just complete dominance. Since 2014, they are 64 and 7 straight up. That's a 901 winning percentage they were six and two last year and won those six games by an average margin of victory of 8.6 points per game and both of their losses to nc state and pitt did come on the road so they're a much better team at home in death valley than they are on the road you want to catch clemson you better get them in your place but when you look at Dabo and the crew this year they're going to need better production out of their quarterback dju and you know what the way that front seven played down the stretch their defense can keep them in ball games but that offense needs to adjust this coming season yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head the defense to me joe will be top five in the country and i've said it on previous shows when you look at that front seven uh brian Prezee, miles murphy Uh, Trenton Simpson at linebacker, Uh, the the DBs need a a little bit of help, but they've always been really good on the, on the last line of the defense. That defense uh, to me will be like a poor man's Georgia of 2021. I think they could be that good. And, and that's why it's so curious to me that, that Dabo loses, you know, his co-offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott to Virginia. Now the head coach uh, down in Charlottesville but no changes at quarterback. I, I, you know, DJU looked okay in the spring. It doesn't appear that he's made any great strides from last season. Uh, was quite frankly horrible as a sophomore. Now they got Cade Klubnick from Texas, the five-star recruit. But I'm not sure if Dabo's going to try to make 
a return to the ACC uh, penthouse with a true freshman quarterback. So <laughs> the fact that Dabo did not go out with all the quarterbacks floating around the transfer portal, all the veterans that were out there, the fact that he did not pluck someone with experience to come to Clemson, even if it's an insurance policy, get a quarterback in case DJ or Cade Klubnick are not ready is a, is a real mystery to me. Now, I, I think they win a lot of games because of that defense, but offensively, you know, you got Will Shipley out of the backfield, but man, they need a hell of a lot out of the quarterback play this year. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw, they did get a late transfer. And what I mean transfer is their former quarterback, Hunter Johnson, that did transfer from Northwestern. Now, Hunter Johnson was not effective last year, especially week number one against Michigan State, gave way to Ryan Helinski at the end of the season. But he is there as well. He's a senior quarterback. And you're absolutely right. If DJU does fail, I think he might turn to Hunter Johnson in that type of situation or scenario, Rich. But I also want to get your take twofold on the Clemson offense. I think it might be an upgrade from where Tony Elliott had this team. Let's not forget, you know, when they were effective with Travis, Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence, they were very balanced. They were rushing for over 200, passing for over 200 as well. And a couple of seasons ago, when Jeff Scott moved on to USF to become the head coach, they did not run the football as effective. They dipped down from about 240 rushing yards per game down to about 165. That's where they were last year. So when you can't run the football as effective as they did in years past, what happens? You're put into long third down situations. You can't convert. And then all of a sudden you're giving the football back to opposing offenses with a short football field. And more importantly, you look at the third down offense last year, 37% in 2021 compared to 46% in 2020, they need to fix that. And what I mean fix that, and not just to win the ACC, but if we're looking big picture for Clemson to take home a college football playoff berth and more importantly, a national championship. And that's the expectation for Clemson. That's what Dabo has built over the years. The expectation is not just win an ACC title. That's kind of a given at this point. Didn't happen last year, uh, but that's a given in Death Valley. And, and once you've won the ACC, the next step is, you know, make a run at a national championship. I agree with you in terms of running the ball. Uh, I think Will Shipley can be that guy, versatile back uh, out of the backfield when he was not hurt last year, flashed a lot of that blue chip potential, but he needs more help from the passing game because if you load up the box to stop a Will Shipley, there's only so much he can do. So it's going to come down to the quarterback play, uh, the receivers, which are not as great as they've been in recent years. So they do need that balance to hold off the challenge of Wake Forest, who won the division last year, and NC State. Now, you know, it's going to be interesting. NC State has a little bit of a target on its back this year. They're not accustomed to that in Raleigh, uh, not accustomed to that with Dave Doran, that tend to more, you know, be likely to sneak up on people. But with Devin Leary under center, with a lot of defensive talent, especially at linebacker, this could be Dave Doran's best team. I mean, I think they're equipped to make a run at the Atlantic title, but uh, how do they handle those expectations this year? Yeah, that's a great point. And you mentioned in terms of that game, October 1st in Death Valley, NC State is already a 10-point underdog to the Clemson Tigers. And I think when you look at Clemson right now in terms of competition, teams that can challenge the Clemson Tigers, they do get NC State at home. 10-point favorites. They do get the Miami Hurricanes at home later in the year in November. They're already 7.5-point favorites. Another crazy statistic backing the Clemson Tigers. You better beat them on the road. Since 2016, Rich, Clemson straight up in Death Valley, 46-1. and Their only loss came in 2016 to Pittsburgh and Nate Peterman. Excuse me. When we come back, we'll break down uh, NC State and Miami. Keep it where it is. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Continuing the conversation of the ACC breakdown, we left off with the leading team, leading Clemson Tigers, the front runners in the ACC this year at minus 140. Their team that knocked them off in Raleigh last year, the NC State Wolfpack, have great odds heading into the season, led by their senior quarterback, Devin Leary, 35 touchdowns and only five interceptions. You look at Dave Doran and the crew last year, a seven-and-a-half-point home dogs. They got the victory in overtime over Dabo and the crew, Rich, 27-21. to 21. Over the past couple of years, NC State against ACC opponents are 13-5 and five straight up. They do have to travel on the road to Death Valley, but you're talking about a team that really hit stride last year, and right now Dave Doran could be a sleeping giant this coming season with the NC State Wolfpack. Yeah, Joe, they they have what you're looking for in a solid top 25 team. They have continuity on the coaching staff. Dave Doran now, just in the blink of an eye, has been there almost a decade, which is stunning. It feels like yesterday he was he was in the MAC. Uh, Devin Leary, I think Joe competes for first, second round draft choice next year. I think he's that good of a quarterback. And again, I mentioned. Uh, in the last block, the linebackers, Drake Thomas, Peyton Wilson comes back uh, from an injury. Isaiah Moore comes back from an injury. Uh, they are loaded. They're really talented defensively at every level. Now, on offense, Devin Leary might have to carry a little more of the load. They lost running backs to the NFL, uh, Iki Ekwanu, a high first-round draft choice along the offensive line. So the offensive line may not be as uh, impactful as they've been over the last couple of seasons. This is a... This is a good, solid NC State team. Again, the one thing I would caution would be now that the expectations are high, now that there's talk that they might be the next best thing to Clemson in the ACC, how does the Wolfpack handle those kinds of expectations? It's not common for NC State to be talked about as a legit top 25 team entering the season. So how do, those, how do they handle those expectations? How do they backfill the offensive line? And then who steps up at the skill position to, uh, to help out Devin Leary? Yeah, great point. And when you just look at Devin Leary as a whole, 35 touchdowns, that broke Phillip Rivers' school passing record. And when you think of NC State big picture, you have Phillip Rivers. You also have Russell Wilson that started his career there before he went on to Wisconsin. And I agree with you about Devin Leary. I don't think he's just a game manager. I think he's an upgrade from former starter Ryan Finley that's basically a backup in the NFL in Cincinnati. He has huge upside. Now, I think the biggest thing about NC State in terms of what they've been able to build, Rich, is they're very physical on the offense and defensive lines. How do they make up for the loss of Aquano? But they did lose, like you mentioned, Ricky Person and Bam Knight, two big play running backs that have moved on to the NFL. But the one thing that the Wolfpack do do is they run the football effectively and they're very physical in run support. If they can do that this year and carry over from the success on the defensive side of the ball, they are going to be competitive, especially on the road. Now, that has been the com- concern for Dave Doran basically since 2019. They are only 5-11 and 11 
on the road or on a neutral field site. Last year, they were 2-3 and three overall. Uh, earlier in the year, they went on the road to face a very blue-collar team in Mississippi State, lost that ball game by two touchdowns. They're going to need a better effort, especially in Death Valley. They're already 10.5-point dogs, 10 in some books. Would you back them right here, right now, on the road in Death Valley? I sort of would with the 10 points. If it got under that number and, let's say, crypt to like 9.5 or even 9, I might back off and, and take another look. But catching a touchdown and a field goal early on with an experienced quarterback in Devin Leary, I might be inclined to back the Wolfpack in that October matchup against the Tigers. No, I'm, I'm with you on that, Joe. It's a veteran squad with a veteran quarterback. And historically, NC State has played Clemson really well, even when they're, you know, in the neighborhood of 17 to a 21-point dog. They tend to play Clemson very tough historically over the past five or six seasons. And this year, they now have the squad that I think can compete with Clemson. And again, Clemson, the way their offense is constructed, unless there's something I'm completely missing about uh, what Brandon Streeter and that offensive staff is doing uh, during this offseason, I don't think they're going to score a ton of points again this year. It just doesn't look the way that offense is set up against a very good NC State defense. I, I think this is a relatively low-scoring game. I think Devin Leary has a couple of pops downfield. It won't be easy against that Clemson defense, but this is shaping up to me more of a single digit game. And I think if you can get 10 and a half, I would grab it. Now, the one thing I'll say is that I'd like your take on this, Joe. I wouldn't be surprised if that line even inches up a little bit before we get to kickoff, depending upon what happens uh, in September. But if you can get 10 and a half, on NC State, the way this team looks now, even in Death Valley, I would take those points. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement. And you bring up Brandon Streeter, the former Clemson quarterback. His father, Barry Streeter, was my college coach at Gettysburg. So intriguing. He was there for about 30 years with the Gettysburg Bullets. So Brandon Streeter did have a pretty good career in the mid-90s for the Clemson Tigers. So we'll see how it plays out. NC State right now, the second-best team in the division, uh, knocking off Clemson last year. But all eyes are on a couple of teams as well. Florida State with Mike Norvell in year number three. And Wake Forest, uh, obviously, with Dave Clawson. You talk about the job that Dave Clawson has done with Wake Forest. They were the benefit of a very soft schedule last year. They played Old Dominion, Dominion Army. They also played, I believe, Norfolk uh, State earlier in the year. So they cruised to an 8-0 overall record before challenging and losing to Pittsburgh in the ACC championship game. But again, a veteran club led by a very good quarterback in Sam Hartman. Can they duplicate the success of last year? I think we might see a little bit of a regression out of Wake Forest. And I think in terms of Florida State, I think we might see Mike Norvell get back to a bowl game at 6-6. Six and six. I don't think this is an 8- or a 9-win football team. But with a veteran quarterback of Jordan Travis and the ability to run the football, I think we could see Florida State at 6-6 six and six in 2022. Yeah, I, I would like to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you, Joe, and, and I'm sure we will over the next 90 minutes, but I, not here because I, I think you're right. First off, Wake Forest is not getting enough credit. There's probably a conventional wisdom out there that, uh, you know, they shot their shot last year. That's the best we're going to see from Wake Forest, and, and maybe they'll rise up again in another four- or five-year uh, cycle. That's not the case because Dave Clawson is one of the most underrated coaches in all of college football, forget about just the ACC, Sam Hartman, who we see uh, on the screen right now, is back for another season. A.T. Perry, his top receiver, is also back. They'll score plenty of points. Uh, this is still a very good Wake Forest team. Schedule remains soft. Non-conference schedule, VMI, Army again, uh, Liberty, and an FCS game. So I, I think there's four wins right there. Uh, for Wake Forest, for me, the Demon Deacons, in terms of duplicating uh, an Atlantic title this year, it really comes down to the hiring of Brad Lampert. He's a really good defensive coordinator, but he has to get more from that defense. I, I, they're not going to be great. They're not going to be Clemson or Pittsburgh or NC State. But at a minimum, Brad Lambert's got to coach a defense to, to get more punts, get more takeaways, get the ball back to Sam Hartman because – 
they were miserable at times last year. And I, and I think if they're, they don't make any progress on defense this year, Joe, it's going to be tough to duplicate what happened in 2021. Yeah, totally agree with that. And we'll see if that defense can take the next step. That was a cause of concern in games against North Carolina and obviously the bowl, the, the ACC championship game, excuse me, against Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett, where they allowed well over 40 points in that matchup. Now, Florida State's interesting as well with Norvell because unless he gets to 6-6, six and six, Rich, I don't think he's there in 2023. Do they turn to prime time? Do they go in a different area with maybe another hot coordinator? We thought Norvell would have a better success in terms of Tallahassee taking over for Willie Taggart. Now, they did run the football a little bit more effectively last year, averaging about 177 rushing yards per game. But you can't lose on the last play of the game to Jacksonville State. You can't lose ball games like that if you're a Florida State backer and Florida State Seminole. So how do they turn it around this year? And do you feel that they can be a bowl team this coming season? Yeah, I should have touched on it. I started to ramble about Wake Forest and didn't touch on Florida State. But I, I like your thoughts about Florida State. I think they're a bowl team this year. I think they exceed expectations. The kid we're looking at here is Jordan Travis on the screen. And uh, he's had a great offseason. I uh, thought he showed a lot of flash last year. Mike Norvell is a terrific offensive mind. We saw it back in the Arizona State days as an assistant, obviously Memphis for the number of years as the head coach there. And now he has Travis uh, as his latest pupil. He's a dual threat. He's improved as a passer. I think Jordan Travis has an outstanding season. And Mike Norvell did a good job in the transfer portal. Got Jared Verse from the University of Albany. Uh, picked up a couple of kids from, from Oregon, Micah Pittman, the wide receiver, Trey Benson at running back. So Florida State, we're, we're, we're not talking Florida State like Florida State in the old. We're not talking about a contender for the ACC title. But I think they're a lot more competent, a lot more dangerous team than we've seen over the past couple of years. We'll see how it plays out for Florida State. Schedule is very manageable for the Seminoles to get back to a bowl game couple of long shots in the Atlantic right now. 25-1 to 1 with Scott Satterfield and the Louisville Cardinals. They do have a very experienced quarterback in Malik Cunningham. Scott Satterfield, in his tenure in Louisville, uh, Rich, 0-9 against AP opponents. They're going to need a better effort this year if they're going to get back to a bowl game and Satterfield gets off the hot seat. Syracuse right now, 120-1. to 1. When we come back, we'll look at the Coastal. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello right here on The Great. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Back on Football Full Circle, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello talking all things ACC. We left off talking about the Atlantic. Going to turn our attention right now to the Coastal, and we'll start with the Miami Hurricanes. Seven and five last year under Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz cannot and could not get the Miami Hurricanes over the hump to national prominence from where Mark Richt was about four or five seasons ago. He gets fired, chopped, gives way to former offense alignment and Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal and Rich, all optimism on the U this year. They have a Heisman Trophy contender and quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. They have very difficult ball games on the road in College Station in September against Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. There are already eight-point dogs, seven-and-a-half-point dogs later in the year in Death Valley against Clemson, but a lot of fans and boosters think that the U is back, and this could be this could be potentially a 10-win football team and maybe an ACC champion in 2022. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I'm always cautious to, to use the B word. I, I don't know if they're back, <laughs> but uh, I'll say this, though, Joe. I, I think Miami got it right. Uh, I didn't feel that way with, with Manny Diaz. I was suspect with Mark Richt only because of the stage of the career that he was in post-Georgia. Uh, I think they got it right. You know, Mario Cristobal is still a relatively young coach. Uh, he's he's done well everywhere he's been, going as far back as uh, FIU before he was ridiculously let go, uh, spent some time in Alabama, learned under Nick Saban. And, and then at Oregon, you know, listen, I three straight division titles at Oregon, uh, two Pac-12 titles, uh, he's an alum. Uh, he's he's an offensive line guy, which has been a longstanding problem uh, for the Hurricanes. And we've already seen some progress with Zion Nelson and, and the O-lineman down uh, at Miami. So I, I think there's a lot of promise. It's legitimate. I don't know how far they go this year. I don't think it's an ACC title. But the way he's recruiting, the type of kids he's recruiting – I'm confident in saying that this was the right hire and uh, Miami is finally headed in the right direction. Uh, we'll see. I have to pump the brakes because you talk about optimism right now. They're six to one immediately with the, with the hiring of Mario Cristobal and Tyler Van Dyke coming back to win the ACC that, you know, they're they're They have conference odds right now, better than NC state, better than some other teams that challenged Clemson last year, and they haven't stepped up. I think that's the biggest concern under Mario Cristobal. I want to get your take as well. You know, how do we view the two games against the Utah Utes at the end of the year? Uh, Oregon had a potential to crack the college football playoff. Uh, they go on the road late in the year to Salt Lake City. They get absolutely run out of the stadium by Tavion Thompson and Cam Rising in that matchup. Don't even show up. And then a few weeks later in the Pac-12 championship, they get abused as well. And Mario Cristobal is out the door in South Beach. So how does that equate to the Hurricanes in terms of the offense and defensive mentality? Because I think if you look at Miami as a whole, Rich, they haven't stepped up in big ball games. That has been the one knock on Miami is that each and every year when they've had their opportunity to knock off the Clemson Tigers, they haven't stepped up. They could beat teams like Louisville and maybe some other teams within the ACC. They couldn't even beat their arch rival Florida State last year on the road as a two-and-a-half point favorite. And basically over the last four seasons, they're 10-15 and 15 on the road or on a neutral field. And their two toughest ball games against A&M and Clemson do come away from South Beach. So realistically if Miami goes let's say seven and five or even let's say six and six are fans and boosters like John Ruiz going to be satisfied in year number one with that type of performance uh I mean listen he's a first-year coach you bring up good points about the end of last year did a did a poor job in those final two games against Utah got out coached by Kyle Whittingham uh, got out muscled by the Utes. So that's something that's going to have to be addressed at Miami. They have to be more physical. Miami hasn't been physical at the line of scrimmage in a very long time. Offensive line, defensive line. They've had some edge players that have gone on to the NFL. But in, true, in, in terms of like interior defensive linemen, that Vince Woolfork type of interior defensive toughness, they haven't had that in quite some time. And, and that has to change. It's going to take time. 
I, I don't think the boosters or the backers of Miami. I mean, let, listen, let's face it. Miami fans, you know, they, they can be loud. Uh, they can be, you know, sort of active, but it's not the greatest fan base. They need to be winning for those fans to show up. We see a lot of empty steps. Uh, uh, we see a lot of empty stands when it comes to Miami games. Doesn't help in terms of the location of the stadium, but they're going to have to win first to bring those fans back. I don't think the expectation is 10 wins this year. We saw the uh, the futures total was eight and a half. I have them at eight and four this year, which would be a step in the right direction, something to build off of. But this is a long play with Mario Cristobal. There's work to be done. Uh, the one thing I'll say, just in terms of eye tests, watching them this spring, I just get the sense that the roster looks more talented than I've seen in recent years, and, and I think that'll show up this year on the field, Joe. Yeah, I love Jalen Knighton as well in terms of the running back position. You're talking about a dual threat, Dalvin Cook, James Cook type of player in terms of being able to run the football between the tackles and obviously catch it out of the backfield in terms of the short to intermediate passing game. Right now, eight and a half on FanDuel is their win total at minus 120. We'll see if the Hurricanes can do it. I will say this as well in terms of bringing back the enthusiasm to the U. He did hire Alonzo Highsmith as an assistant coach, former standout for the Hurricanes. Also brought in Miami Dolphins standout and all pro Jason Taylor as well. So that should be able to help recruiting not this just this year, but in the coming years, we saw Jaden Rashada get about $9.5 million in terms of an NIL deal. He's a four-star quarterback recruit. We'll see if they can really reap dividends on the football field this coming season. A couple other teams in the Coastal Rich that we'll take a look at is Pat Narduzzi in Pittsburgh. They won the ACC last year with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett moves on to the NFL, but Mark Whipple also moves on. Mark Whipple helped with the tutelage in terms of Kenny Pickett's progression. A couple of seasons ago, Kenny Pickett only 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions, but it was in year number two that he threw for 40-plus touchdowns. Now Keaton Slovis, the USC transfer, comes over. What does this offense look like? Because I think the defense as a whole will be there. I think Pittsburgh has recruited eerily similar to Clemson and former defensive coordinator Brett Venables, but they can't just work on defense alone. That offense needs to elevate this year with a new OC with Pat Narduzzi and the crew. Yeah, Joe, it's a good setup. I'm still a believer in Pat and Pitt. Um Hail to Pat, I guess we could say, when it comes to the Panthers. I'm a believer. I, I think he's done a terrific job of building from the base up. Uh, former defensive coach at Michigan State, and you could see it in the way he develops those defensive players. I, I think you're right. The defense will be terrific again this year. Look at over the last five years, Joe. No one over the last five years has more sacks than the Pitt Panthers. They do a phenomenal job of getting into the backfield, creating disruption, creating uh, turnovers. So I think that defense will be very good. And, and I'm still a believer in Keaton Slovis. Now, it would have been nice if he had Jordan Addison, the reigning Blitnikoff Award winner. He's now at USC with Caleb Williams. Uh, and Lincoln Riley, so that hurts. And I'm not suggesting this is, you know, a, a carbon copy, but did a really nice job in getting Akron wide receiver Kanata Mumfield. I think he becomes wide receiver number one for uh, for Keaton Slovis. I think Slovis is a future NFL quarterback. I think the offense will be good, not great. But for Pat Narduzzi to win, I don't think the offense has to be great. Uh, the Coastal, to me, comes down to November 26th. Uh, in Miami, I think it's Pitt at Miami for all of the coastal marbles. And and although Pitt takes a step back this year, I don't think it's pronounced. I think this is uh, I think this is an eight and four team, and I think they go over that seven and a half this year. We'll see. Now they do play Tennessee early in the season. They did beat Tennessee on the road in Knoxville. That was one of the highest scoring games in the month of September. Pittsburgh already a four point underdog to Hendon Hooker and the crew in Heinz Field. They get that victory. Maybe it could be a magical season for Pat Narduzzi. They're 14-1 and one right now, Rich, on FanDuel to win the ACC. You talked about Miami as well. They're 6-1, to one, and NC State uh, that we talked about earlier is an 8-1 to one shot 
Wake Forest at 16 to 1 as well. Another team in the in the coastal that really we have to look at in terms of what does this offense look with former quarterback Sam Howell moving on to the NFL is North Carolina, right? Mac Brown in year number one over exceeded expectations. Then when the bullseye was on their back, they were the front runners to win the coastal. They regressed significantly last year and lost a bowl game to arch rival Shane Beamer and South Carolina. They're a 20 to one shot right now to win the ACC. I have no confidence in this offense, but more importantly, it is the defense that I think they need to address this season. Yeah, I listen, I where that's the biggest head scratcher of the odds that that we just saw on the screen, which is North Carolina at 20 to 1. To me, they're they're more in the 35, 40, 50 to 1. I have no confidence at this point in Mac Brown. Uh, last year the uh, the downslide was significant in Sam Howell's final season. I thought they should have been a much better, much more competitive team. They were not. Uh, they have uncertainty under center, so it's not plug and play uh, for that offensive staff. I think they're going to struggle uh, offensively. They've got one of the top wide receivers in the entire country in Josh Downs, but question marks throughout the offense. Uh, defense is average to possibly below average so I, I think this is a team that's fighting at the end of November just to become bowl eligible I do not have a lot of confidence in, in North Carolina I think you'd have to look beyond I have more confidence in Florida State at 30 to 1 I have more confidence in Louisville at 50 to 1 uh, than North Carolina so that is uh, I don't see a lot of value right now in Chapel Hill and I was looking as well, maybe another team in terms of Virginia Tech. Where are they with new head coach Brent Pry, the defensive coordinator for Penn State? You talk about what a difference basically three or four years makes. Justin Fuentes, another coach that couldn't get over the hump, taken over for Frank Beamer in terms of the legendary head coach in Blacksburg. Six and a half win total, juice to the under, Rich, at minus 160. They're plus 135 to be a 7-5 and five football team. They got absolutely shellacked by Mike Loxley and Maryland in the pinstripe bowl. I have to be honest, I think this team is under 500 in year number one. I think it's a major rebuild for Brent Pry. And you know what? It might take them two or three years to get back over the hump in terms of a 500 record. Spot on, Joe. I, I would jump all over the under at six and a half before that number starts to get bet down. I think it is a rebuild. Wouldn't shock me if this was a four and eight team. I think it's going to take a couple of years in Blacksburg for Brent Pry to get his kids in place, the tough kids that he wants uh, for the Hokies. When we come back, we'll also break down some week one matchups in the ACC. We'll also look at some big games throughout the college football season in next segment. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello breaking down ACC. And next hour, we'll be breaking down the Big 12. Keep it where it is. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Wrapping up the first hour of ACC talk, we'll turn our attention to week one of the college football season. A couple of ACC teams in action with some very good matchups. We'll turn our attention to the matchup in New Orleans between Brian Kelly, LSU, and Florida State. LSU, in some books, minus three and a half. Right here on FanDuel, they are three-point favorites over the Seminoles. Interesting, Rich, that Brian Kelly opened the 2021 campaign as a a six-and-a-half-point road favorite against Florida State and Mike Norvell. I'm intrigued that the line is only three because the SEC talent versus what we saw from the Seminoles last year and losing their best defensive player in terms of Jermaine Johnson, I would expect LSU to maybe be potentially a a four-and-a-half, even five-point favorite in this matchup, but I'm still leaning Brian Kelly and the Tigers week number one. So, so you're saying it might be uh, too good to be true. <laughs> we saw because... LSU play down last year as a two-and-a-half-point yeah. favorite to Chip Kelly. But I think Brian Kelly wants this game week number one. I think I'll have them ready. Yeah, I know. Listen, I, I like LSU here. It does seem a little bit fishy. I agree. I, I think just the pure talent. And, and I mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm bullish on Florida State being better and getting to a bowl game. But at the line of scrimmage, that defensive line, B.J. Ojolari, Mason Smith, uh, they're going to just dominate the Florida State offensive front, in my opinion. Uh, once they decide on a quarterback, I think they'll also, I think it'll be Miles Brennan. I think he'll have a big day, too. This is a double-digit win, in my opinion, but I, I think you're on to something, Joe. It, it does look a little bit odd that it's only three points on a neutral field. And quickly, in the other matchup, the backyard brawl, we have Keaton Slovis squaring off against JT Daniels, both USC quarterbacks. West Virginia did, failed to rush for over 107 ball games last year, Rich. They were 0-7. You got to figure that benefits the pit front seven. So we'll see how it plays out week number one. When Rich and I return, we'll talk Big 12 conference odds, Oklahoma, Texas, and all the rest coming up. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 